back with you guys. Um, we are going to be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So uh, if you could grab your Bible, and if you don't have one, there's one in the pew. Ecclesiastes is right in the middle. So if you're in Job or Psalms or Proverbs, and you go a little bit further, you made it into Isaiah or Jeremiah, you went too far. And if you're grabbing the Pew Bible, it's on page 554. So uh, as way of introduction, uh, saying a little bit more about myself, um, first time I preached before you was on April 29th, 2012. So that was over seven years ago. And I preached again the very next week. May 6, 2012, and the reason those dates stand out to me is because, well, uh, I, I come to find out later that one of your members uh, wrote a blog piece about what I preached on. Um, I didn't happen to meet her on either of those Sundays, um, but uh, your associate pastor, Camper, encouraged me to meet her. She was... Uh, uh, she was your music director. Um, and, you know, we, we didn't realize how encouraging Camper was at the time. <laughs> but, uh, so, and, and apparently there was some discussion amongst all the single ladies uh, when the single preacher came in to, to fill in. Was a, apparently one of the older women said to the group of ladies, well, he's got to work for somebody. Um, and so, um, and and so I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, before the end of the year, I was, uh, Robin and I were married, and and we worshipped with you guys for uh, two and a half years, I think, because it was in right at the beginning of. 2016 that we went out to Prince George County, uh, Hopewell area, where I took a call at a church there. Um, and so, um, yeah, so uh, Robin and I, I, I really didn't think that it would be sentimental. And for those of you who don't know us and uh, you, uh, you, you've, you've showed up here prior, um, after all that, I'm sorry, I will get to the Bible in a second. And, uh, but uh, I didn't really think that I would get sentimental until I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, watching Robin play the piano, which, you know, I did for several years. And, um, and then I remember the first time I sat I, as the guest preacher, I was sitting over on this side looking over. And, I, you know, I, didn't, I, I saw her playing the piano there. And, I mean, I didn't think, oh, I'm up here, you know, trying. I, I didn't come into your pulpit looking for a date. Um, <laughs> so... But, uh, but anyway, so just thinking about, you know, everything that went on between, uh, between, you know, first showing up in the pulpit, and then, of course, thinking about the stuff prior to that. You know, when, when, I, when I did preach here on April 26th in, in 2012, it was my first time back in the pulpit after closing a church plant in Seattle. And uh, you guys, are, it was so warmly received, and it was, it was an encouragement to me. To, to be preaching again and um, to bring the word of God uh, 
before you and and then f to move from there to worshiping here and then um, getting to do ministry very much at Dennis's encouragement uh, he was he was a huge uh, help and encouragement to me as I was looking at back towards ministry and 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 then uh, moving out in in that direction to return to full-time ministry it, you know it's it's coming it's coming all back um, so uh, Dennis mentioned that there's a luncheon afterwards uh, at my uh, in-laws um, also members here and he also mentioned that like everyone was invited and um, my my mother-in-law had a moment of panic right there um, I not not true but I would love it if everybody could come um, but there's just not enough room and so we do have some more room. We have a number of people that have RSVP. Um, and I've got some cards, and it's kind of going to be like your ticket. So if you haven't RSVP'd, you're welcome to come. Just see me afterwards. I'll hand you one of these. You won't have to show it. But this way, I just can keep track of uh, the number of folks that are showing up. And, and, and so if, you, if, if you're just hearing about it, or if you forgot, or uh, I would, we really would love to have you, and we'd love to have all of you, but there is limited space in somebody's house, so uh, please do come and grab one of these, and your family is welcome to join us. Now, I do want everybody to grab one of these smaller cards, which is out in the back, and so if you head it out uh, towards the library, right before you get there, there's a little tiny, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheet, also a sign-up sheet and a bunch of these cards. And, and uh, I, I, I do have to raise a little bit of money for my church plant. Um, it's supported by the uh, planting church and also the church planting network, and I have a portion to raise. But honestly, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not worried about that, and not because it's not a huge amount, but, but really what I want and is I want people who are going to commit to pray for us. Um, and, and I want I want you to be a part of what we're doing, um, and and praying for us is going to be more important than giving. Uh, and so uh, please do grab one of these cards, put your name, or send a, send me an email which is on these cards, and we'll get you updates and how to pray, and uh, we can develop a relationship that way. So please absolutely grab one of those before you head out. Um, and. I think that's enough. Unless there's questions? No, I'm just kidding. We don't have time for that. Uh, so hopefully you have gotten to Ecclesiastes by now. Ecclesiastes is a book that's uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely philosophical in nature. I mean, it's asking sort of big picture questions of meaning of life. And... And for some of you, you, you don't engage in that, and which is fine. Uh, but really, what, what, it's not really philosophy that the preacher, Solomon, is doing in Ecclesiastes. He's doing theology. And all of us engage in that, certainly if we show up at a church. Even if you're not a Christian and, you, and you're showing up this morning to see what it's like to be a part of a worshiping community, you're engaging in theology which very much has to do with the meaning of life. And, and, and so this, 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 you may say, 
Ah, meaning of life. Yeah. I, I, just, I just go to work. I pay my bills. I enjoy my family. I go to church. What, you know, that, that's actually exactly what Ecclesiastes is talking about. Um, and, and so I hope you're not you know, put off by that question of uh, the meaning of life. Uh, because it really is a theological question, and it's a question that we're, that we're all asking. So I'm going to read now from uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 9, and it's right after that well-known, uh, for every season, every time, what is it, the birds? Is that right? For every season, turn, turn. That one, you heard that? Some of you, if you're older than me. All right, Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them to do than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that the people fear before him. That's what, that which is already has been, and that which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Let's pray together. Father, this is your word, and you promised to teach us through it, through your Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, come and move amongst us in heart and mind. Lead us to the hope that we have in Jesus. Lead us to the, to the need that we have for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, it is important that you have the, the word of God open uh, before you this morning. So if, if you didn't do that, please go ahead and do that. Otherwise, what I'm doing up here is just, um, it's just like a TED talk or something. Right? I may have something worthwhile to say, um, but if it's, if it's not the Word of God empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's not really going to make a difference in your life. Um, it's not, certainly not going to make a lasting difference. So please do have the, the Bible open before you. Now, I did preach from this text. Uh, another, it was the third time that I preached uh, for you. That was also 2012, May 6th. Um, so in May, I preached this text, but I didn't preach this sermon because even though I may preach the same text again and again, sermons are very different, and this one is going to be very different, although I will use a similar illustration. Um, when I, uh, this was, I preached that, that Sunday, it was not long after uh, Robin and I had gone to a music festival together out in Floyd. Now, we were dating, and so it was a camping musical festival, and we were in different tents, Mom. Not <laughs> different tents. Um, but uh, it was at that music festival that I, I remember looking around at, at 
and thinking about all of the money that people had spent to go to this music festival. Has anybody been to a music festival recently? Anybody like to raise hands? That's fine. Thank you. Good. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if you're not familiar, it's just like a bunch of people camping, you know, several thousand people, um, food trucks, uh, several stages, a number of bands, and, and, and so I was looking around thinking about all the money that was spent by the people to enjoy that, to, to get there. And, and I remember one evening, I'm, I'm sitting uh, on, a, on, a, uh, on a, a picnic table, and, I'm, and it was the evening, so the lights have gone down, there's music in the background, everybody's having fun, uh, there's lots of good food around, people enjoying themselves. And then there's these guys, they're, they're juggling a in very, lots of different ways. You know, like, I, I mean, more ways than I, I thought you could juggle. Like, not, you know, I can juggle three balls, but, you know, these guys had strings and things that went up and down on the strings, and they were illuminated. And I was sitting there, and I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, like who, who decides, you know what, I'm going to learn how to juggle so well that I'm going to go to the music festivals and I'm going to take illuminated juggling devices and impress people with my illuminated juggling devices, right? If you are that person, please hear the rest of what I'm about to say. <laughs> because I had this moment of like, this is absolutely absurd. And then, of course, I remember uh, what we just read. Uh, I, I remember the, sort of the message of Ecclesiastes. Which, which isn't, isn't really the same message as Dave Matthews, you know, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow will die. It's similar. Uh, it's a lot fuller, right? Because and when we read that, when we, when we read that, um, you know, in verse 9, remember I said we were going to go back and look at the text? Do that. So verse 9, what gain has the worker from his toil? And he's asking that question. He says, I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. Now skip down to verse 12. He says, I perceive that there's nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. You know, and, and, and so... So in, remember, we're asking the big picture of what's the point of life, and 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 the the preacher here he tells us he tells us there's nothing better to to eat, drink, and enjoy the good gifts of God. I and mean, we see that in several places throughout. And if you have the Bible open, you can just look back to chapter two, verse twenty-four and twenty-five. There's nothing better for a person that he should eat and drink, find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? And, and so God does want you to enjoy what you eat and drink and your work that provides for that. Uh, and, and then if you go a little bit further in chapter 3, verse 22, it's the same thing. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. So, so I mean, that's, that's the answer. I mean, we, can, we can stop there, right? Uh, we, can just, we can just move on. 
Uh, eat, drink, enjoy your work. Yeah. I mean, there's, it doesn't it doesn't answer all those questions, does it? No, there's there's definitely more that that uh, that we have to consider. I mean, he says it'll make a he'll he'll make his soul he'll make our souls see good. Um, but but it kind of sounds like if I if I leave it right there, it kind of sounds like the uh, the Bobby McFerrin philosophy of life. You remember Bobby McFerrin? Don't worry, be happy. When in your life there's lots of trouble, if you worry, you'll make it double. Come on, everybody now. Don't worry, be happy. Hey, are you actually saying that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, don't worry, be happy, right? I mean, it's, it's like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry, be happy. Enjoy your eat food, enjoy your drink, enjoy your work. And, and, and some, of, some of us really do need to be exhorted in that way. Some of us do need to hear the exhortment. The exhortment? That some of us do need to hear the encouragement that you should take great joy in the good gift of God's provision for you, his, the food, the drink that you have, the ability that you have to take some time to learn how to juggle illuminated things, right? Or, I mean, or whatever, whatever pastime that you enjoy, you, you should find real joy in that. Um, you should find joy in your work because it is providing for you those good gifts that God gives. And, and, and so we do need to be exhorted in that way. But, but the just to, to leave it there and say, don't worry, be happy, that doesn't do it. You know, because why? I mean, you know why. You know why it doesn't do it. Because every single one of us worries. And, and sometimes it's more than worry. Sometimes it's just flat-out panic attack. Sometimes it's... it's uh, so anxious that the moment you put your head on the pillow, you think about every single thing that's happening in your life. And I, I did that just two nights ago. Every single thing going on in my life. I was fine. We, uh, we, Rob and I watched a movie. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it was good. We were, I don't even remember what we watched. It didn't matter. But uh, I mean, we were, it was relaxed, having a good, you know, it was, a, it was chill. And then I put my head on the pillow and Robin's right asleep and all of a sudden, boom, every single thing that is going on in my life I'm thinking about. And so this, you know, don't worry, be happy is not going to answer life's hard questions, the, the really hard questions. Um, you know, 22b the second half of 22, I read, so that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? And, you know, that's a sobering thought, right? It's, it's who can see what will happen after. Uh, and, and there's even more sobering if you look at our text this morning, verse 14. He says, I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Whatever God does, whatever God has done, whatever God, what, whatever, and, and what that means is whatever has happened in your life, 
whatever has happened in your life, whatever God has done, whatever God has ordered, whatever God has allowed, whatever God has caused, whatever, whatever God in his plan for this world has allowed to happen to you. For whatever you have done that you don't want to think about, that you wish you hadn't. For all, for all of those really incredibly difficult and broken pieces of your life. Whatever God has done. And if, you want to, if you want to talk theologically, philosophically, you know, the, the, the argument is that God isn't, if God isn't sovereign, then none of this makes sense. If, if God isn't completely in control, if, if he was just the guy who set the clock running and let it go, this doesn't make sense. And, and certainly not a God worth worshiping. And so, it, and, and, if, and if you're not sure, and if you're not a Christian, even if you are, and, and you're still not sure, like, did, did God, God, God allowed that more? He, he caused it? It was part of his plan? I, I, I invite you to, to, to do, do, do the philosophical, do the, do the brain work, and try to make sense of this world without a God who's completely sovereign. And, and, it, and it, it, it'll take you to, to the very end. It'll take you to the very heart of evil. And, and you've experienced that. You have. But, but most of the time, we, uh, we run away from it. We hide from it. Whatever evil has been in your life, uh, whether it's something you've done or something that was done to you, uh, whatever you've had to go through, whatever health crisis, whatever uh, your job situation, uh, your, your inability to pay the bills, uh, broken relationships uh, that, that you can't explain, they just are, with, with children, with, with grandchildren, with siblings, with your parents. Most of the time, we do not want to look at that broken, evil part of our lives. In fact, we we, kind of refuse to. Um, What does that have to do with eat, drink, and be merry? Well, what we do is we we take the eat, drink, and be merry, and we use it to escape. We we use lots of things to escape, because we don't want to deal. We don't want to think about it. We don't want we don't want to to consider what has happened. Uh, we just, we just want to stiff arm everything, and thus we end up stiff arming everybody because we're refusing to look at the broken parts of our lives. And 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 I would I would argue that if you are not finding joy in your work in God's good gifts for you. Probably, I can say it stronger than that. It's it's very probable that it's because you're stiff arming the broken and evil parts of your story. You, know, you can't enjoy 
God's good gifts if you're using them to escape. You, you can't rest and sit and say, this is what God has given me if, you are, if you're trying to avoid God with those good gifts. You know, many of us are in that. In fact, not many of us, not, not most of us, all of us. Every single one of us at some point in the last week if not this morning, has taken something good gift of God to ignore something that you don't want to deal with. We do it with food. I don't know what to do, so I'm going to just get a bowl of ice cream. I don't want to think about that, so I'm going to turn on a movie. Right? Of course, we go down darker paths, too. We move from the benign bowl of ice cream to the malignant pornography on the internet. Or, or wherever it is that it takes you. And we're doing it to escape. We're doing it because we can't, we can't deal, we can't handle the broken. So, so if we're not, I mean, here's, here's the hard part, right? Because if we're, if we're not going to enjoy God's good gifts unless we really do address, address the brokenness and the, the really dark and evil parts of our lives, how do we, how do, we do that? How, how, how can we engage? And, 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 and you, you might come up with some strategies. You may come up some, with some plans. But if you are really going to go down that road to look at evil, and, and that's what you're doing, if you're really going to go down that road, and I'm telling you, you need to, if you're going to go down that road and look at the sin in your life, you're going to look at what was done to you, what, what you've done, you're going to look at how this world is broken, you are going to come to the bottom and you will stare into the very face of evil. And there's no wonder we want to escape, right? And the, the answer is you can't. You can't. Nobody, nobody has looked into the face of evil and, and been okay. And, and been able to, to, to deal with it. To been able to, 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 you know, what I'm saying is you've got to embrace all the broken parts of your past. You've got you to wrap your arms around the broken parts of your past. Yeah, or, or the broken parts of your morning. The broken parts of your this past year. You've got you to wrap your arms around them. Because otherwise, you, you're not only just not going to find joy in, in uh, the good gifts that God gives you. I mean, you're not going to find joy, period. But you're not going to find peace and rest unless you wrap your arms. You, you have to embrace it. And the only one who's been able to do that is Jesus. The only one who's been able to, the only one who's been able to embrace all of the brokenness and evil of this world is our Savior. I mean, he faced, he, face to face, with Satan himself. And, and where Adam had, had remained silent and where Eve fell to temptation, Jesus spoke. He spoke words of truth. And then he went to the cross and he fully embraced it. And for, even for Jesus, it killed him. He fully embraced evil, and he had to. And he went willingly and knowingly 
to his death so that you can now embrace the sin and brokenness in your life and find hope through Jesus' life. And through Jesus' life, that's where you're going to find real hope. For, 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 for me, it was, you know, it was uh, an eight-year-old boy uh, who had been introduced to pornography. And, 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 I, had, and I, I escaped that for years. But then, I mean, it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I really understood how to go back and hear the hope of Jesus Christ for that eight-year-old boy. And every single one of us needs to do that so we can know that we're fully loved and fully accepted in Jesus because He embraced that. What, because, what, what this passage does? One more verse. Verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has. He has. He will. He's going to make everything beautiful. All the ugly parts of your story. He's going to make it beautiful. Everything that you don't want to think about. He's, he's not just going to deal with it. He's not just going to forgive it. He's not going to just forgive you. He's not just going to forgive them. He's going to make it beautiful. He's, it, and, and beautiful is better than if it never happened. And, and I, we don't want we don't want to we don't want to wrap our arms around that, but that's what we get when we wrap our arms around Jesus, because He was able to embrace it all. He promises to make it beautiful, and it says in His time. He says in His time, and I, I don't know His timing. I don't I don't know it for you, of course. I don't know it for me. But I do know that the promise, that the hope, is because Jesus' life, His death, His birth, His resurrection, His ascension, His eternal reign, His promise to come again, that the promise is to redeem it all. To make everything beautiful. To make all the broken parts of your story beautiful again. To make it more beautiful than they ever were. I've gotten to see glimpses of that. I, 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 got it, I got to see it in my marriage with Robin, with our two little girls. I've gotten to see it uh, in my work. Uh, as, as we look out and uh, to, as we look west, as we, as we head out to church planning in Montana, I, I see and I feel God redeeming making broken parts of my story beautiful. And you, you've seen that too. Sometimes it's easy to forget. But you have seen God redeem the broken parts of your story. And the promise is, is that He's not going to stop. He makes everything beautiful in His time. Let's pray together. Jesus, it is a, uh, it is a work of faith to believe your promises. When, when we forget, remind us that they're still true. When we're unfaithful, remind us that you remain faithful.
when, when we feel at the end of our rope, remind us that that is the best place to recognize what you provide for us. So we pray, pour your grace deep into the wounds of our lives. Pour, pour your grace deep into our hearts. And so we can see the beauty of redemption. So we can see something more beautiful than what it was even before it was broken. Show us the beauty of redemption through Jesus. And it's in His name we pray. Amen.